Hello and welcome to The Coworking Club, a podcast for female business owners who want to work for themselves, not by themselves. I'm your host Jessica Berry and each week I'll be chatting to a new guest all about the realities of running your own business, sharing tips and tricks for dealing with the loneliness and isolation that comes with working from home, as well as discussing the benefits of building community through co-working. So what are you waiting for? Come and join the club. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the podcast. I'm so happy to have you joining us and we've actually taken a couple of weeks away from the podcast which was unintentional but with everything that is currently going on with the Black Lives Matter movement I just thought it was really important to pause, take some time for reflection and education which I know is something that a lot of us have been doing. And it just didn't feel quite right to go ahead with the pre-recorded guest interview episodes as normal. So I decided to hold off until now, but I hope that you enjoy having them back in your ears. And I have a very exciting guest interview to share with you today. It's with the lovely Charlotte Dougal, who is a copywriting and marketing freelancer and founder of Bleather Digital. In this episode, I chat to Charlotte all about what it's like to balance freelancing alongside studying for a master's degree, why education has been such an important part in Charlotte's self-employed journey, as well as how being a freelancer helped Charlotte to manage both her physical and mental health. It was so lovely to chat to Charlotte a couple of weeks ago, and I really hope that you enjoy this episode. Hi Charlotte, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, I'm really really excited to be on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's nice to um, finally meet over the internet because we have been saving this to um, hopefully record in person but yeah, unfortunately that's not going to happen for a while. Yeah, (laughs) life got in the way of that one. (laughs) Definitely. So do you want to just start by telling us a little bit about yourself, your career history and the background behind your business? Yep, so I am Charlotte. I am a freelance copywriter and digital marketer for small indie businesses. And I originally started out working in fashion PR and I worked on like content marketing and influencer campaigns. But I decided to go back to uni and study marketing. So now I am just finishing up my master's in digital marketing. Mm While I went back to uni, I couldn't get a part-time role that was still in the marketing industry, so I decided to give freelance a go, and I've been doing that ever since. Amazing. So that was, is that just over two years now? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, I think it's maybe coming up through three. Yes. I'm not sure. I started kind of doing bits of freelance work before I officially like made the leap. Mm-hmm and started telling people that I was freelancing because I kept being like oh this isn't gonna work out like oh it's just too good to be true Mm -hmm. I don't want to like publicize the fact that I'm doing this only to fail Mm -hmm. so it took me a long time to actually tell people what I was doing. So were you just getting that work kind of by word of mouth at that point so you didn't really feel like you had to promote it necessarily? Yeah pretty much it was kind of just like someone that followed me on Twitter approached me and 
asked me to do the marketing for their startup and then they referred me to someone and then someone's friend needed help so it was very much like casual at the beginning yeah that's super similar to how I started as well yeah so granted we are currently experiencing quite a different version of normal at the moment (laughs) due to coronavirus but do you want to talk us through what a typical day in your working life looks like So because I do juggle quite a lot of plates, my normal day varies a lot throughout the Mm -hmm. week, especially before lockdown started, I had just moved house. So things were absolutely manic before then (laughs) because I was moving house and it was like the final few weeks of classes for my master's. So everything was chaos and I was just packing and studying and trying to work when I could. (laughs) Usually I'm a bit of an early bird, not so much at the moment. I used to always head into uni a few hours early so I could do some work in a coffee shop by uni while it was quiet and then I'd do my class prep and then after uni I'd be working more. (laughs) But at the moment it's kind of just, I'm kind of trying to do like, a day on a day mm-hmm. off and um, so I'll do a day of work and then I'll have a day where I'd probably still end up working but I try to be a bit easier on myself because I'm finding it quite hard to concentrate for long periods of time at the moment. Yeah I think a lot of us are I mean we've never been in this situation before obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah it's really tough even people who are kind of working from home pros are struggling so yeah definitely. It's a tough tough time so as you just touched on your studying for a master's alongside freelancing and all of the other stuff you have going on (laughs) which I imagine can be quite overwhelming at times when there's kind of deadlines on so do you want to share some practical tips in terms of how you manage to balance these two kind of aspects? Yeah, it is quite hard because I'm not necessarily like a naturally organized person. Um, I had to work really, really hard to become an organized person. Like now it feels a bit more natural, but it took many years of figuring out what my best kind of approach to things was. And I figured that I would be absolutely lost without my planner Mm -hmm. and lots of to-do lists. So because I've got so many things going on it really helps if I have like a clear overview of what I need to get done in a week um so I love a to-do list and then I have a passion planner which I absolutely love it breaks the day down into like little half hour slots Mm. so I can kind of time block my day I find that I do have to find little pockets of time where I can especially when classes were on it was very much a case of okay I have a class two till four it'll take me like 40 minutes to drive to uni but if I leave earlier it'll only take me 20 minutes to drive to uni so if I leave earlier then I can get like an extra bit of time and work in that bit of time or it'll be a case of okay I have a call at this time and then I have a meeting an hour later but in that hour I'm gonna do this this and this so I have to be very strict Mm -hmm. with myself which isn't necessarily the easiest but it helps so so much especially when I've got lots of different things on yeah definitely and do you tend to you split your days up into kind of uni days and freelance work days or do you kind of blend the two together yeah I definitely do try to split it up I was quite lucky because with my master's a lot of my classes were online so I only really had I think I had six hours of contact time a week Mm -hmm. and for the most part they tried to do it 
in as little time as possible so I think I had two half days worth Mm. um it feels like so long ago now I can't even (laughs) remember so it was usually a case of um I'd have classes in the afternoon or I'd have classes like 10 till 1 so I'd use those as like my uni days and then I'd have like three full days to spend on work which was definitely very useful for me but things don't always go to plan no I know it's so hard to manage isn't it because I can do the same in terms of I like to try and split my days into client work days and then days where I work on my own business but I know all too well how you can get emails from clients popping up on those when (laughs) you're trying to focus on the business and it's hard to ignore or you want to obviously be seen to be being helpful so Yeah. yeah it's really difficult Definitely. And someone else's idea of what's urgent isn't necessarily the same as like my own idea of what's urgent. Mm -hmm. So I just hate like when an email pops up, it's like, oh my God, I need help right now. I'm like, okay, this could really be done like tomorrow, but I don't want to say that to you. So I guess I'll just do it just now. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard, isn't it? I guess it's kind of managing expectations in that way and trying Mm, to set some boundaries early on if you do have those kind of strict days where you kind of split up your time. Yeah. But yeah, moving on, I know that you're very passionate about education and why was getting a master's kind of so important to you above learning on the job? So I think for me, mostly it was a confidence thing. Mm -hmm. I decided to go back to uni to study something that I had been working in. I think I'd been working in it for maybe like three years at the point that I decided to go back to uni. And I do think deep down, if I'm being honest myself, it was definitely a confidence thing. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of what I did before, like all of the kind of social media and content creation, a lot of that was Mm self-taught. And I just kind of wanted to know that I was definitely on the right track. I also just love learning and studying. Um, It was a great way to bring that into my life in a more structured way. I was kind of trying to give myself like development days. But uh, like we just said, things (laughs) come up and nothing goes to plan. So... It was kind of like an accountability thing because I was taking the time and like investing in this master's. It was maybe a bit of an extreme approach, but it didn't like it made me do it instead of just being like, oh, I'll just do that next week instead. Mm -hmm. I think as well, like I'm so lucky with my master's course because it's really, really practical and very hands on. And we do a lot of projects with like live clients and it's not necessarily been the kind of clients that. I would work with on a day-to-day basis so it's kind of pushed me out my comfort zone a little bit and helped me develop my skills both in the classroom and given me stuff that I can use with my own clients too. Yeah that's really great and I guess with that I was kind of curious as to your thoughts on whether you think you're still able to kind of learn and develop in the same way when you're a freelancer kind of on the job because as you just mentioned all of your personal development is kind of down to you it's up to you to kind of learn and fill any gaps in your knowledge that you think you're missing. Definitely I think that freelancing is probably one of the biggest educational experiences you can have because it's a very steep learning curve and I definitely had to learn a lot quite fast Mm -hmm. and I had to learn about things that I didn't necessarily have to learn about when I worked in agencies because I had to like learn how to manage my time better and how to like 
pay tax and do all of those sorts of all of those fun things Mm -hmm. um so it's definitely like a hugely educational experience like you learn so so much I think for me especially it was just a bit harder to carve out the time to kind of learn about the things that just kind of interested me a bit like they weren't necessarily the things that I was doing every day Mm -hmm. they were things that would still apply to what I was doing every day but I couldn't necessarily take as much time to do it I think as well like it's probably worth mentioning that like the Scottish education system is a bit more accessible than the English one because I don't well I do have like student loans but we don't have these huge tuition fees Mm -hmm. so I only paid like 600 pounds for my master's after the government contributions so wow uh, yeah (laughs) yeah like it was definitely like a much more accessible option and also with my master's I get accreditation with the Digital Marketing Institute so I thought as well that would probably be a really beneficial thing for me down the line mm. um, and going down the master's route was a cheaper way to get it rather than just paying for the accreditation myself. Well that's really interesting actually and when you put it like that yeah you get to essentially learn in the form of a master's whilst you're still get gaining that experience as a freelancer as well so you kind of get in a really well-rounded experience. Yeah and I think for me um it was it wasn't necessarily I wanted to go back to education it was I found a course that seemed perfect for me so my course like it's great they've got really great industry connections they do lots of work with like Google and the course staff um a lot of them work as consultants as well Mm -hmm. so they have a lot of experience that they bring to the class and it's very much practical like we don't just sit and read textbooks like we do work on real case studies and we work with like virtual reality and all of that kind of stuff so it's really really interesting I don't think I would have gone back to uni if I hadn't found the right course for me you're making me want to go back into education now (laughs) (laughs) so when it comes to the realities of freelancing you're pretty open and honest online about that which is so refreshing to see what would you say are some of the main struggles that you face whilst being self-employed I think like a lot of people and I mean like it's the whole reason that like the co-working club exists the isolation is a huge issue for me it's way more than I expected Mm -hmm. like I am massively introverted and I used to look forward to the days that I didn't have to leave the house or that I was able to work from home but even then like being super introverted i struggled with being home most of the week and not necessarily having people around to talk to or just like bounce ideas off of and I think that's not helped by the fact that I'm very prone to putting too much pressure on myself I like to take on a lot of things and creating boundaries and sticking to them isn't necessarily my strong point um so it's been like a real learning curve and it's something that I'm still very much working on Mm -hmm. yeah it's really tough and I actually wrote a Instagram post this morning because it, at the time of recording it's mental health awareness week Yeah, and I spoke about how when I first took the leap into uh, working for myself I really struggled with working from home obviously and it did start to have quite a detrimental effect on my mental health because 
I just felt so kind of low and demotivated and it definitely kind of knocked my confidence a lot as well because I didn't feel like I was getting that kind of human interaction in terms of what I was used to working within a team and kind of like the support of a manager as well um, was really difficult kind of going from that to being completely in charge of every element of your business definitely it's like quite a scary thing to do and then to not necessarily have that immediate support network like don't get me wrong my friends and family were always so so supportive but Mm -hmm. it's kind of different like the relationships that you make through work are different to the relationships that already exist personally so it's this weird kind of disconnect between it and it can be so so isolating yeah massively because obviously family and friends just want what's best for you and if they can see that yeah that you're kind of struggling and having a hard time I know there was many times when I was kind of advised maybe going back to work would be a better option for me and Mm -hmm. I mean I looked into it and considered it but in the end I did manage to kind of find a way out and that was through building community so that's why I'm kind of so on it in terms of people making that step before they actually go self-employed because then you've got the community kind of there and waiting which is a much better way to go about it yeah definitely also at the moment I think it's really interesting because a lot of people are working from home for the first time during the pandemic that we're going through at the moment and yeah I just worry that a lot of people are getting maybe a false representation of what working from home is. Definitely. Because obviously a lot of people are at home with their families or their partners. And yeah, I just worry about people thinking that this is how it always is and getting (laughs) tinted glasses look at it. Definitely. Like my boyfriend's been working at home and um, I think he probably thinks I do no work. (laughs) Especially because for the first few weeks, like the first few weeks of the pandemic, I didn't really have much work going on. Mm-hmm. Like I lost loads of projects. So I was just a bit like, okay, what do I do? <laughs> so, so there are times where I think you must just think that I'm not working or I like potter about the house and like just constantly making cups of tea. And he'll just be like, is this you all <laughs> the time? Like, <laughs> I thought you were stressed. I'm like, no, like, It's just not normal just now. Like, this is definitely not what the normal working from home situation looks like. Oh, no, definitely not. We've all had to kind of adapt to it. And I was having chats this morning with some members who have really struggled over the past kind of week, myself included, because I think Mm. we're just hitting that point now where the monotony and the repetitiveness of every day is just really starting to get to us. And and you need to give yourself a break because, yeah, work and home life is just so blended at moment that it it's yeah. hard to step away and truly feel like you're having a break yeah because the things that I used to look to for the escape like going to coffee mm-hmm. shops and working from there or like having a day where I worked with friends or just like taking myself out for lunch or just having a pot around the shops mm-hmm. like I used to love going to the supermarket like that's what I would do for fun to get myself out of the house on a normal day. Like I'd go have a look around Tesco and see what was happening, see if there was anything new. But I can't do that now because I'd have to go queue and I can't exactly potter about the home section when everyone's like in over toilet roll. Like. <laughs> I'm the exact same. And leading on from that, were you ever apprehensive about kind of openly sharing 
these struggles that you are facing online, maybe for fear of what potential clients might think or even kind of the perceptions other people have about freelancing? Yeah, definitely. At first, I was really, really reluctant about sharing it because I kind of felt like I was the only person experiencing it because people were very much like, oh, freelancing's great. Like, you can work from anywhere. Mm -hmm. It was... It was again, it was isolating because I was like, what am I doing wrong? All these other people are loving it. Yep. But since I've kind of started sharing that kind of stuff, I do think it actually works in my favor. I'm very much about like helping my clients find what's right for them. Um, a lot of the time, especially in marketing, people do get told they have to do everything all the time and be perfect at all of it. So I think it kind of works with like my brand values. That's so cheesy, <laughs> but it works with like, it ties into that because I'm very much about helping people find what fits them best and like what's sustainable for their life. So it's about finding the right fit for them. Mm -hmm. And also like social media in general can be such an aspirational place. Like it can be great, but it's also very damaging at times. So I do think it is really important to be realistic and honest about how I feel and how I'm finding things when I feel like I'm in a position that I can share those things because I think a lot of people are quick to dive into the world of freelancing mm -hmm. thinking that it's going to be like plain sailing and it's going to be great it's going to be easy you're going to be drinking fancy coffees and coffee shops all the time and the reality is just not the same. I know I think even I fall into that camp where I definitely kind of took the leap as soon as I possibly could yeah because I was so sure that's what I wanted to do and yeah I don't know if it was the case that people were talking as openly about it even two years ago yeah or it was the people that I was following maybe were sharing this more glamorized look at freelance life yeah I think as well um a lot has to be said for like the kind of people that I was following at the time were maybe based like they were based in London mm -hmm. where there is much bigger freelancing communities or they were like digital nomads who were working in Bali mm -hmm. like all of that kind of stuff it wasn't really like okay this is what freelance life in Glasgow is like it was very much like this is a totally glamorized version and it was also I'd kind of started following those people when they were at like the peak of their journey yeah. I didn't necessarily see or they maybe didn't share the kind of early days and all of the effort and all of the stress that goes into building it up to a place where it is more secure and like you can live that kind of life mm -hmm. yeah definitely and think I'm in the same boat for sure and I was the same as you in terms of I was apprehensive about kind of sharing how I was feeling because I don't know I didn't want to be seen as like the Debbie Downer of freelancing and like <laughs> yeah same. the one person who was kind of complaining and I did feel guilty because like you said earlier I felt as though I was in a really privileged position I'd managed mm. to take the leap and I was working for myself I was my own boss and a lot of people do aspire to that whether they kind of know the realities or not and yeah I just felt like I was being really ungrateful not to be kind of savoring every moment and loving it but yeah. I think that's just yeah one of the realities I suppose. Yeah definitely and one of the things I like to kind of remind myself of is like no matter how much you enjoy any sort of job you will always have days where you don't like mm -hmm. it. There was days where when I first started working in agencies like I 
loved my jobs at, not all of them but <laughs> there were jobs that I loved and even then like they still you still have bad days you still have days where you wonder if you've done the right mm-hmm. thing or you don't feel like confident in yourself and that kind of thing like it happens in every single job so it's totally natural for it to happen in freelancing as well when you put it like that of course you're gonna gonna struggle on some days and yeah totally normal So you've spoken previously about how both your physical and mental health were factors in you deciding to go freelance. Do you still think that this was the right decision for you? And how has being self-employed kind of helped you to manage your mental health? Yeah, it's definitely been the best thing for me health-wise, especially physically, but it's definitely had an impact mentally. I think the two are so intertwined. Mm -hmm. Because I do have chronic health issues, like my energy levels can fluctuate wildly from day to day or even, I mean, from like the morning to the afternoon. So having a degree of flexibility to make my own working week is hugely beneficial. The fact that I can work to my own timescale means I can get much better work done and often in a lot less time because I can listen to my body and work when my energy levels are at their highest instead of trying to push myself to work like a standard day and ending up exhausted or burnt out as a result. Mm -hmm. It's just the degree of flexibility that it gives me is something that I wouldn't change for the world. It's gives me like my life back as well like when I did work kind of standard jobs I would be so so exhausted by the end of them that I would just basically be like having my dinner and going to bed Mm -hmm. and my weekends would be spent like sleeping now because I've been able to kind of look after myself more during the week I can have more of a life afterwards like I can go out for dinner and I can go and do things with my friends at the weekends like it's huge and that's definitely had like a big impact mentally as well Mm -hmm. mentally like I do think freelancing is a bit of a balancing act it's very very empowering and it's been great for my confidence levels but anxiety does get in the way a lot and I do have a tendency to be really hard on myself and put too much pressure on myself to do things certain ways or to achieve certain things and sometimes I need people around me to bring me back to earth a mm-hmm. bit <laughs> and I think that's a really important part of building a community around you is having those people to kind of do the job of putting you in your place a bit that sounds really bad but <laughs> it's not like not like a belittling thing but like helping you be realistic yeah yeah that makes sense So I've heard you be quite open in the past about how you might not necessarily want to continue freelancing after you finish studying and instead would look to go back into employment. Is this still the case for you? And do you want to share some of the reasons why? (laughs) Yeah, so it's something I kind of debate with myself a lot. I kind of go through these phases where I'm like, things would just be so much easier if I was working in like in a full-time job Mm -hmm. for a long time I was really craving like the what looked like stable employment I think I've realized that I need more than that I think at the time because I was going through the process of like buying my first flat and like trying to study and trying to do all of these things it was hard to get headspace and I think I've realized the headspace is really really important to me it's something that's a little bit harder when you're trying to balance lots of plates and you are self-employed. I think if I was going to go back into employment, it would have to be like the right role. Mm -hmm. I think it would be very hard to find that 
it's not something I'm desperate to do, but it's something that I would definitely be open to doing. I do think it'll be a bit easier when I've properly finished my degree in August. But to be honest, I'm already feeling so much better about self-employment now that like my classes have finished. Yes, it's been slightly weird times at the moment, <laughs> but just having a little bit more space in my week does help me a lot I think at the moment my current kind of plan is when things start to get a bit more normal I'll maybe try find like a volunteer role or like work a couple of days a week in like a coffee shop or something Mm -hmm. something that gives me a bit of space for myself I think that's the main thing that I'm looking for but also does kind of give me a little bit of a safety net yeah I know I've had that kind of debate with myself so many times where I mean I've even gone along to job interviews and then just thought what am I doing this isn't this isn't right yeah Yeah, I've definitely been back and forth and then before setting up the co-working club I also looked into part-time jobs because I just thought my week needs that bit of structure and that bit of balance so if I could get that social interaction from a part-time job then hopefully it would leave me feeling a bit more fulfilled on the other days to do my freelancing work yeah and I've I definitely benefit from stuff like that as well I think that was also a part of me going back to uni was that it gave me some structure to my Mm -hmm. week and it put me like it allowed me to kind of get out of my freelancing shoes and have like a bit more of an external perspective on it and it's that kind of thing where if you're struggling to figure something out but then you go and work on something else a lot of the time like your brain is still working away on the original thing and you get all of these like ideas or like thoughts that are really beneficial that you wouldn't have necessarily had if you were still like stuck trying to force yourself to think of things like it is just this degree of separation and I find that I need that to be able to do my best work Mm -hmm. for like my freelance clients yeah it's really good that you've kind of recognized that as well so now you kind of know what to do moving forward to get the best out of yourself yeah definitely definitely I think it will be really beneficial especially when things do start getting a little bit more normal whatever normal Mm -hmm. is going to look like it's been like a hard thing to manage during a pandemic but yeah hopefully I'll be in a better place to kind of manage freelance life when things do settle down yeah I'm sure so we touched on earlier how you kind of struggle with working from home as well do you have any tips for other people who might be finding it difficult at the moment yeah I do think it's it is like it's the isolation and not having the people to bounce ideas off of. So I find myself talking out loud a lot, <laughs> um, just kind of thinking out loud and thinking through things. It was always quite hard to make people understand that because I'm just because I'm working at home, it doesn't mean I'm not working and I can't necessarily drop everything to go do something fun Mm -hmm. like I do have more flexibility but I've never been the kind of person that enjoyed last minute plans (laughs) (laughs) I do think structure and boundaries are really really important but I think it's also like lean into the flexibility and find what works for you I think people are so quick to be like oh if you're working at home like get dressed as if you were working in the office work at a desk never work in your bedroom Mm -hmm. like don't do this don't do this and like yes whilst a lot of those are beneficial for the most part I I don't think there's any point beating yourself up if you have a day where you just want to work in your pajamas or like if the only way that you're going to get work done that day is by working on the couch instead of working at a desk or at a dining table then 
work on the couch like it's fine take the flexibility don't push yourself to work like a normal working day because it's not like nothing about working at home especially right now Mm -hmm. is like the same as a standard office job at all yeah I think it takes some time to kind of as you said like lean into that flexibility as well because there was for so long I was quite rigid in that I was stick into like a nine to five pattern I would sit at my desk I'd take an hour for lunch and that's just how it had to be if I wanted to kind of be my most productive but yeah there are days when I'll get more done if I'm kind of in a more relaxed setting so on my sofa or and yeah as you said if if you're going to get the most out of yourself by doing those things then why hold back yeah definitely and I think a lot of it is kind of to do with like the working culture especially in the UK like we do have this very strict rigid culture for working and you see a lot of talk these days about how companies are making moves to like allow more flexible working and it's working really well for them so I think it's about realizing that just because the traditional way of working is what's been done for so long, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the right thing for you. Like there's a lot of people out there who probably would benefit. Like I think my boyfriend really benefits from like a kind of more traditional working pattern but even then like his work have flexi time and that's really good for him Mm -hmm. so you just kind of have to adapt to what suits you best like we're all different people yeah definitely and I think it's learning what is kind of what does work best for you as well so you do have to try different things so yeah I think that's definitely a good point So you spoke earlier about kind of the importance of community and I know that you've kind of built up some connections with like-minded freelancers that you chat to online or meet up with in person when we could. Do you (laughs) want to talk a little bit about how important community and connection has been within your self-employed journey? Yeah, it's been hugely important, kind of more so than I gave it credit for in the beginning. Finding my community and like building my network has definitely changed how I feel about freelancing and how I feel about myself Mm -hmm. as a freelancer as well. Having a good network is really, really important to me. I've got a couple of group chats or Facebook groups and things like that that keep me going when I can't be with people and it kind of gives me, it's like a sense of validation. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily like, I need everything that I do to be validated but when I'm trying to like flesh out ideas or just think go through that process of thinking things through it's just good to have people to be like a sounding board and as much as I am an introvert I do find it so useful to have people to have like the work chat with especially people who understand the unique challenges that self-employment brings and like running a small business because not a lot of people necessarily understand that if they've not Mm -hmm. done it themselves yeah that's so important I've come across that issue quite a lot with some of our members where they yeah their family and friends can't relate and as I mentioned earlier they're just obviously looking out for you and wanting the best for you but yeah sometimes you just need that support from people who are in a similar position or have been through the same kind of experiences yeah definitely so finally the question that I'm asking everyone if location wasn't a factor which three fellow business owners would you like to be in your co-working club Okay, if I can only pick three, (laughs) um, I think it would have to be Julia, who runs the Independent Girls Collective, Mm -hmm. 
Holly, who is Holly Price. She's a web developer. And Kat, who runs Gato Web. So they're kind of like my little co-working club anyway. Um, I try to meet up with them as much as possible for co-working whenever we're in the same city. So if I'm down in Liverpool or Manchester or any of them are up in Glasgow, I just love working with them. We don't necessarily get as much work done together as we should, (laughs) especially because I don't get to see them like that often. A lot of the time it is just like catching up before we get the laptops out and pretend that we're working (laughs) Um, but like we all work with quite similar audiences Mm -hmm. but we work on different areas of the kind of journey and in different markets and we work with people at different stages so they're a really good sounding board for ideas or just to like rant about things like we've experienced a lot of the same things we have lots of overlap in the types of clients that we work with and there's a lot we can kind of bring to the table to help each other as well which is really really useful and uh, they've also got really great taste in like brunch spots and coffee shops (laughs) and they appreciate the need to instagram a coffee (laughs) so that's always that's always welcome oh yeah that's the important part for sure definitely And to end, you just want to let people know where they can find you online? Yep, so there's a few places. (laughs) For work stuff, you will find me at bleddydigital.co.uk or at bleddydigital. And then for the more kind of lifestyle-y kinds of content, so basically food, (laughs) (laughs) that's on Instagram and on Twitter at bycharlotteann with an underscore on the end or on my blog which is by charlotteann.com nice well thank you so much for chatting today and being such a great guest thank you so much for having me i'm so excited that i've ticked this off like my dream podcast list oh yeah (laughs) so nice to hear thank you so much (laughs) if you enjoy this podcast please do subscribe so you keep up to date with all of future episodes and if you could possibly leave a review it would really help us in this early stage of launching the podcast Thank you so much for listening and I will see you back here next Monday.